Hello and welcome to Why Comics, the new podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves. Uh, I'm Stuart Moraine and this week on Why Comics, for our first episode, I will be joined by the mighty Tony Esmond, he of uh, No Brow, Awesome Comics Podcast and Never Iron Anything Fame. Iron Anything Fame. Um, Tony joined me last week via Skype and sat down and I put the big question to him, Why Comics? Uh, this is the first episode, so it was also my first time recording an interview via Skype to put out as part of the podcast, so hopefully it all comes through clear. Uh, it sounded fine when I listened to it back, but you know, magic happens between here and there and whatnot, but yeah, hopefully it's all good. Um, like I say, this is the first, hopefully, of many. I've got the next interview lined up, which should be happening later today at the time, assuming you're listening to this on day of release. Um and yeah, hopefully it will become, it works and it will become a series. Um, the idea is that this, the other one we're launching and why not, will go up in the weeks between the regular me and Andy pods. Um, and I'm looking at from now on things going up on a Wednesday um, is the goal with these new podcasts. So yeah, Wednesday will become Nerds Who Haunt Themselves Day. Um, yeah, so like I say, it was the first episode, so the general idea is that I ask him the question, why comics, and he asked me questions too, and we just had a conversation about comics. Uh, it runs for about an hour and a half, uh, hopefully you enjoy it, and uh, yeah, I will pass you over to Pastuart. There's, being the first one, I was a little overexcited, and I dived straight in with the why comics before uh, saying hello. I'd been talking to Tony for a little while before, so... In my head, I'd done the hellos and all that. But yeah, so it's a bit messy at the beginning. But yeah, you'll get the idea. If you're listening to this, you should be used to things being messy anyway. Uh, yeah, like I say, hopefully you enjoy. And I shall pass you over to past me and Tony. Enjoy. Thanks. Okay, so Tony, why comments? Hello. Oh, okay, Ooh. straight in. Straight in. Yeah. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to ask. Am I allowed to swear on this one? Uh, yeah, you are. Should we start again from White Comics? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I don't mind. That's just my little intro. <laughs> yeah, hello, Tony. Sorry. <laughs> I got all excited. I know you went straight in dry, which is what I was going to say if we were allowed to swear. <laughs> it's, uh, so this is your first one, isn't it? This is the first one. You are, you are my first. Oh, good. You're, okay. you're my White Comics first. You can just put, it, just put it in the archives and release it at Christmas or something like that, and then we can pretend. Yeah, that's fine. So, why why comics? I wrote a thing for you. This is so. This is. Am I right in thinking, Stu? This comes from the thing you did on the mailer because I wrote. You ran a few of these, didn't you, on the mailer before? Yeah, in the run up to last True Believers, we usually send out a five question interview, and then last year I was lazy and I thought, you know, let's do the why comics. Yeah. Question, and I just thought it'd be. It's an interesting conversation starter. Reading some of people's replies. Yeah. Obviously, reading it, you can't. You know, you look weird talking to your laptop. <laughs> so I've sort of been, the idea of it as a podcast has been German for, germinating for a while. Is that a word? It is now. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting exercise and I liked it. And then, and I actually found it quite a difficult question to answer because I did one. Um, I sort of, as usual, just fucking rabbited on like in nonsense. And I think I tried to turn it into some kind of scat jazz free form poetry or something i think at one point and then i just closed it down and put it into a paragraph but it's uh 
there's loads of there's loads of reasons, isn't there? I mean, you're probably the same as me. I don't know. I don't, and, and then the reasons change from day to day for me. Exactly, and it's a question yeah. that can be interpreted in so many different ways as to you know why comics? <laughs> can yeah. you be like why comics? Why? Yeah. Why fuck comics? <laughs> Jesus Christ! The uh, none on a bike. The so <laughs> mine mine changes. I've put mine changes day to day. I've written I've written some stuff down, sort of notes to, to so I know what I'm doing. Um, earlier today on how uh, get off and uh uh mine changes day to day and it literally can change hour to hour as to why i like comics so much and it can de- depend what literally i have in front of me at the time you know i think i think as a hobby um it, it also changes i think there are di- different aspects of my life that there are different reasons why i'm into it you know um yeah. i mean for example at the moment i'm I've, i'm a month into working for no brow um which i'm sort of hugely excited about so why I'm into comics? Well, because I because I kind of work in comics now, which is like really in my mind is like the coolest thing ever. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's like working in the bullpen in the seventies, you know. But I think what I, what I did is I went back and I sort of started looking at why maybe I got into it in the first place. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I thought that might be a good sort of starting point. We can almost compare stories. Very much the first one. Yeah. I think everyone would be quite interested to hear how you got into it as well. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of. Um. I got into it because when I was I was uh, born in the late 60s and a, and a child of the 70s and early 80s and um, uh, comic comics were everywhere anyway at the time. There's this you know in the pre-internet pre-mobile phone kind of days. It was you know there's three TV channels for most yeah. of this period. The the comics was it. Comics was what you talked about in the playground. Comics was what you got from the news agents. You know as you were a kid. Um, and my dad. Um, my dad was in the forties, and when he, when he came home from leave and stuff, he would bring comics for me, and you know I'd get them on a Sunday from my my grandparents, and you know this sort of thing. You know, you, yeah, it was it, that's what it was, and it, it was. I was trying to think back and think what what my first comic was, and I to be fair, I can't remember. I'm old now. I'm very old, and I don't know what my first comic is. My first, I guess, it was probably a sort of a British weekly of some kind. Yeah. Um. um but I, the ones that I really remember very sort of vividly, and most of which I still have because I'm a strange hoarder, were the Marvel UK stuff or UK Marvel as they were called then. I think they became Marvel UK slightly later, and that was the Mighty World of Marvel and then Spider-Man Weekly, which are the two the two big ones. Yeah. Which I still will, if I see one I haven't got, I'll still like dip in and maybe buy one. Every, you know, every a couple of times a year, maybe even. I just really like. The idea of what they were. What, what were your sort of first ones, Stu? You... The first one, I mean, I've got vague recollections of like being really small and my mum buying me like they used to do like a Disney Mickey Mouse one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, so the first one I remember picking was a UK reprint of part of the second issue of John Burns' Man of Steel miniseries. Uh, okay, which started your lifelong obsession with Superman then. Presumably. Pretty much, yeah, because yeah. it was. Um, I mean, it was the cover to Man of Steel 1 with them ripping the shirt open, just the Superman logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that and that's the only comic from when I was a kid that I've still got. Oh, nice. And I used to fold it up. Most of my other ones were either drawn on or cut up, or yeah. I used them to, like, trace or copy. or So pen ran through the paper onto the pages. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the only one I kept, and it's folded and pretty bad to shit because I used to fold it up and put it in my pocket and take it to school. Because, right, like you say, cool. that was the thing you had. I mean, I'm, yeah. what, but 10 years younger than you, yeah, give or yeah. take. So yeah. it was, you know, again, still pre-internet, all that sort of thing. Pre-having a telly in my bedroom. Right, me but too. It, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I was constantly watching telly or videos or stuff like that. It was, you had comics to read or 
And then it was the Marvel UK stuff, so Transformers that used to print. I'm sure they used to print Iron Man and Rom and stuff like that in the back. Okay. I might be misremembering and mashing some things up. Was it Forces in Combat? I'm trying to think. Or was it Future Tense? There was a few different ones did Rom, certainly. I know Star Wars Weekly did it as well, I think. Yeah, so that's possibly where I saw Rom. Like I say, it's... Stuff from your childhood kind of mashes together a little I mean, bit. Ron was a yeah. great series. Ron was amazing. Yeah. Ron was great. I'd forgotten all about Ron until it popped up on. I think you'd mentioned it on the Awesome Pod or something. Uh, okay. That. So I fucking remember Ron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great series and really consistent. You know, he was, and he was that. I, I liked him. I, I've talked about this before, but I'm sort of drawn to the sort of tragic characters. And yeah. there was a little bit of the Silver Surfer about him, wasn't he? He gave up his sort of, I suppose if you can call it humanity, even though he was an alien. He gave it up to be sort of stuffed into this sort of. That's right, Space to be like a Knight. warrior robot thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and um, and and hunt down the diorites and came to Earth. And there, I used to like it when the other sort of space knights turned up because wasn't his girlfriend one? Yeah, didn't she? Flame or something like that. It was. Yeah, I can't remember the top. Yeah, of something like her physical body died, so she became a rom knight, and then yeah, they got the physical body back. If I remember, I mean, it's one of those ones that I've never been able to reread because some of the individual issues are quite expensive. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, you can't that, get a collected thing because of the rights issues. So. Yeah, it's cursed by the sort of toy thing that Micronauts has had as well, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. it. He, yeah, he integrated with the Marvel universe, didn't he? Oh, yeah, there's Shang Chi, Alpha yeah, Flight. He was a, he was a key Avengers. player. In it, but... Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, there's there's X Men are in in various issues. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, off the top of my head, I think Frank Miller did the original advert for it. I think. Oh, cool. Because I know yeah. they've relaunched it. Is it IDW or one of those? IDW, ones? yeah. The guy from IDW, whose name I forget, is it Chris Ryle? I think it might be. I think he, so, yeah. um, he's a big, um, he's a big ROM fan. And I must what... admit, I've not touched it because they've only got the rights to ROM, haven't they? None of the other characters that yeah. were created through the Marvel comics, and that was kind of the thing about it that I loved. Yeah, so you... I'm, I'm not sure. It's a bit like a remake of a TV series you loved. You can't, you can't read everything, and. Uh, I kind of like certain things IDW does, but I don't know. Just the art hasn't really bitten me because they're doing Micronauts as well. They released Micronauts as a series as well. With that, I think it doesn't have Bug in it because Bug was a creator. This is getting like right deep and dirty <laughs> in it. But yeah, they they've done it. I don't know if the artwork's not not jumped out of me yet. I, I would read it. I have to say, I think I read the free comic book day one from I'm going to say three years ago, something like that. I think mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that so that's so Marvel UK we kind of join in the middle of there and I think the thing about Marvel UK is it gave you a taste of so many Marvel comics. Like if I was an American kid, I'd probably just be buying the four a month or something. But because yeah. I was getting a couple of weeklies, the I was in some of the weeklies had four stories in them. And I think if you when it became Titans and uh, Spider Man, when they did that landscape sort of style yeah, that's thing, right. they, some of them had like eight stories in them. And, and you know, you used to read the Invaders or you know. Um, the Submariner or something like that, you know, and it, and, it, and it really opened eyes. But also because we had that time slip, the we were behind the American releases. So I was reading Silver Age comics in 72 and stuff like that. I was reading, uh, what was I reading? Probably Jack Kirby's Thor, maybe, uh, the X-Men, um, uh, the Avengers, you know, these sort of in their 20s and stuff like that. And so I was getting a, and bear in mind the Marvel Universe only had started only a few years before that. I was getting a grounding in everything Marvel. Yeah. So I always think that because of those early, early days of buying comics, I got, um, I got in the, the ground floor at Marvel. Kind, I know Marvel existed before it's timely and all this sort of thing, you know. But to me, to me, Fantastic Four one kind of started that age for me. I know there's, there's you oh, yeah, know, I think that's sort of, of generally the 
yeah. the start of Marvel. Yeah. Sort of the accepted start of Marvel, isn't it? It's yeah. As as we and, know Marvel. And you learn a bit about stuff like the you know the the Golden Age villain uh, vision and all this sort of thing. You know, yeah. you learn about it. But it's, it, to me, that was when and 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 I think to a certain extent that kind of made it more friendly to my mind my childlike mind that they were this this was this sort of world that i could inhabit and i knew all about it and i'd learn about it and you know there wasn't if a, a character turned up that i'd never seen before i was like you know hugely sort of in, interested in who it was and stuff like that and you couldn't look stuff up you just had to read them so i've, I've written a couple of th- couple of books i wasn't that i was reading in time so it was uh, spider-man weekly um and that was um I think when I started, it was John Romita on the Spider-Man at the moment at the time. And, and I loved it to me. I know it's a bit sacrilegious, but I preferred him to the Ditko stuff. I just found it sort of more human, you know. Yeah. It was more soap opera as well to a certain extent in sort of certain ways. It was, And Spidey was slightly more sort of, Peter Parker was more sort of glamorous looking with his sort of slick back Fonzie style haircut and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I really liked that. And it was almost like a villain of the week thing going on. Um, and then on in the Mike World of Marvel, you had... Um, John Severin and Herb Trimpey's Hulk. And, and that, again, was like a monster of the week thing. You know, so he'd just fight a different monster every week. And he was this sort of sad character sort of wandered across America. And, I, and I'd, I'd still reread these, this stuff now. You know, I really, really do think, you know, it's real classic, readable. And I think, for, to a certain extent, the, the Hulk should be a kid's kind of first read because he's got that sort of childlike quality to him. I think, you know, you kind of... He's different now, I know. But the, back then, he was this sort of... He was a child with his super strength, wasn't well, he? Was you know, basically... oddly sympathetic, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he was. Um, and then you used to get stuff of, um, used to get like other Silver Surfer, for example. I'd I'd read some of that and uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, DC DC wasn't as, as well served in the UK at the time. You, you could get no. Even when I was collecting, it was very sporadic. The DC stuff you'd get a limited yeah. run, then it'd disappear after about twelve issues if you were lucky. Exactly, yeah, and there was they tried a couple of ones, and there was one called the Superheroes, which if you look back at it now, uh, Orbital, which is my local comic shop, has um, back issues occasionally. You see it, and they've, they've got um, almost an Alex Ross style cover to them all. They're this sort of really sort of beautiful painted stuff, and in them you were getting uh, Neil Adams Batman, and you know all this sort of thing. You were, you were getting some fairly classic stories. But they, there was no real continuity to them. And you know, I'd pick them up occasionally when I saw them, but that was it. So I think Marvel, they, they really did. Marvel sort of staked a claim in the UK. And and, it, and what really blew my mind, what really got me on the side, I think, which what really sort of kept me a Marvel guy and, and kept, kept me in comics and, you know, beyond the sort of childlike, let's read a comic, dad, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Was, um, I started seeing adverts in a couple of the weeklies for a new Marvel UK character. And you just got the sort of silhouette of these characters, and it was um, it was Captain Britain. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, and he, it came out in October '76. So when you think '76 is pre-Star Wars, which is it's quite the, the, it was a little bit of a wasteland for stuff at the time. We had superhero comics, all, but sci-fi and you know horror was like was wasn't as mainstream as it is now. You know, it was sort of um, Logan's Run or yeah. Um, you know, um, the Amiga Man or something like that. It was, it was a slightly strange stuff. And we got our own Captain America. You know, we got Captain Britain, basically, yeah. you know. Um, and I remember being really excited. I remember being at sort of primary school in West London. And you got you got these sort of cardboard cutout masks and gauntlets. And I think there was like a... It, it was fucking basic, but it was two bits of cardboard and they slotted together. And they were allegedly worked like a boomerang. Um, <laughs> and I remember we all had the big class. We were all running around, you know. And um, I remember getting told off by the nun for what I was doing. Yeah, it was a bit of that. 
Um, <laughs> and um, I really like that first costume. That he, he kind of had this sort of stick that extended. Who were, yeah. And he could. It was like he could vault over things, and that was pretty much it. And it had a button on buttons on the end of it. And if you were clever, you knew what all the buttons were. Um, but Marvel really did. Um, let's not say groom. Let's not use that phrase. But the um, they really did sort of coax us into being fans of theirs. But they'd have like stuff like um, a, a knowledge competition every year, which you, and I still remember some of the questions now. And I used to think about these questions all the time. And I was thinking, one of them was which is who, which is the only inhuman who can't speak. Um, can you can you guess that one? Black Bolt, isn't it? Ah, oh, no. You see, that's where everyone got went wrong because he can speak. Uh, it's very lovely. And the answer. See, my inhuman's knowledge is not great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course he can speak. Of course he can. Yeah, and the answer was Lockjaw. And I'm like, uh, yeah. oh, this is like brilliant. You know, I was like sort of t- totally obsessed. And um, and I was off and running from that point onwards. You know, they, they got me on board and I was off and running. And that was 45 years plus, you know. Marvel were always great. Even though I was more of a DC boy, Marvel were always great at making you feel like you were part of a community. Yeah, I think so. There's a letters page of that. And I think where they were smart in the UK is that they had their UK offices. Yeah. So yeah, they, they did. They actually had a base here, and you felt like it was because New York always seemed a million miles away as a kid. Oh, as a kid, I actually believed that there were superheroes in New York. Yeah, you know, I genuinely thought, well, you know, because none of us at school had ever been there. You know, when you're six, you know, you go, oh, it's in New York. Well, Spider Man's not real. I'd say, well, how do you know? <laughs> you know, like this. I was like a total ignoramus, but I'd go, well, how do you know it's not real? You've never been to New York, and we'd have this row in the, the playground. It's like that, you know. That's kind of a wonderful thing about being a kid reading comics, isn't it? That anything is possible from it. Were you getting them every week or every fortnight rushing up to the newsagents to get them? Or were you a sporadic collector? Every week. In fact, I remember back then, you know, kids could go out to the shops. You know, know, it's not now. I remember it was like, you know, in the school holidays. Because later, you know, from eight eight onwards, I went to boarding school. But in the school holidays, sort of eight, nine, I would wander up to the newsagents and say, oh, is the new... uh, rampage magazine in or something you know it's like that yeah and they go you asked yesterday and i go oh sorry you know it's like this sort of thing <laughs> yeah um you asked 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah, i know yeah yeah so it was like it was oh uh, yeah week weekly um so i did that and, and then i fell into 2000 ad as well um which has pretty much stayed with me I've, I've i've gone off it occasionally um and i've gone backwards and forwards a bit with it and so and 2000 AD fans, if anyone's out there as a 2000 AD fan, knows how much we like to moan about 2000 AD. You know, it's like a part of it's built into your matrix. You know? It's a rite of passage. Yeah, it really is. Unless you're moaning about, unless you know which which editor to slag off from which year. You know, it's like that. You know, um, so I, I, I fell into that as well, and I would get that weekly. And, and all my copies now still have my last name written along the top of it where they were stored in the news agents. You know, nice. Sort of thing. Did you ever read 2000 AD, Stuart? Um, I got into it more. As an adult, I tried reading it as a kid around the time the movie was coming out. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I wanted to know more about Judge Dredd and talking about I mean, the Stallone movie, folks. Yes, the Stallone, yeah. the the only true, genuine Judge Dredd movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got a great ABC Warrior in it. That's it. All I will say. The thing with that film is, it's a great Stallone film. It's just a shit adaptation of Judge Dredd. And who's but the... visually, it's lovely who's in places, but. Who's what's his name? Male Gigolo. What's his name? Oh, um, he plays his mate in it. Isn't he? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah. It's like but yeah, of... so I, I tried 2000 AD sort of around 94, 95 time, and it right. it wasn't 
me, the trouble is I got so indoctrinated into Superman and that sort of thing. Yeah. The kind of the bleakness of 2000 AD wasn't what I was looking for at the yeah. time. And I think I think there's a lot to be said about 2000 AD coming out at the same time as Punk did pretty much because it was it was very it, I remember reading it in the sort of the 60s or 70s something like that you know the the issue numbers the prog numbers rather and thinking this is like this is really anti-establishment I don't think I should be reading this. Well, there was know. a weird thing with it as well because my local comic shop at the time we had two at yeah. the time which you know is a rarity now but yeah. But yeah, especially in a town like Gloucester. But yeah, in one of them, the guy was like, 2080 isn't proper comics. Right. It was okay. very much, if it's not an American comic, it's not a proper comic. It's just like a cheap throwaway thing. And I kind of bought into that a little bit. And I think it wasn't until I sort of, you know, you know what it's like when you're 14, 15, somebody older and wiser than you who works in a comic shop, you assume yeah. must know everything. Yeah. So exactly. I was kind of like, yes, yeah. that is a valid opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, it wasn't too late. I was kind of like, actually, that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and listen, like it's now, it's the equivalent of people on podcasts talking shit yeah. day long. The, uh, but yeah, the. So I fell into that, but like you say, I was, I didn't have a. There was no comic shop at the time, so I was buying it from the news agents again, um, in Greenford, and my dad was getting it for me. And I remember, I remember it like frightening me. I remember as a kid thinking this is actually quite frightening, and I was only, yeah. I was ten or eleven at the time. You know, I think. This is this is quite a frightening thing because some of it is just like on the edge, and I think that's why it's so good. I think that in its in itself, in its own world, that is why two thousand eight when two thousand eight is good is when it's like pushing the limits, and which is something you perhaps didn't need so much with Superman, did you? You know, no, that's it. I mean, and two thousand eight was quite grotesque as a kid in places. Yeah. Some of the stories, some oh, of the what? artwork. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Give you nightmares. Judge yeah. Death as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you only got to look at the fact that Kevin O'Neill, who was, you know, the art, was he the art editor or what we call it, the art manager of 2000 AD, he got, his style got, he got banned by DC Comics and not for any particular image he drew, but they quoted just because of his style. Because they said his style was so disturbing. I think he's quite proud of it. I think he wears it as a bit of a badge of honour now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They they then did martial law and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. So so the sort of timeline around a bit for me was that I got from 2000 AD and I got that. And then I was away at, um, I went away to boarding school my father's in the forces as I said before and he and I um the, I, somebody said to me oh, there's a comic shop in in the town I was in and I went what you know and um my only sort of back issue comic by experience had been from one trip to Forbidden Planet at that time and a couple of trips to the comic mart which is 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 now sort of legendary you know yeah um, which is a comic mart, which is, you know Grant Morrison Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman these sort of people would go and hang out at um and I remember getting dropped off by my father. It was either a Saturday or a Sunday morning, and he would he he'd park outside. It's but anyway, this is in Parliament Square, yeah. <laughs> so you could sort of drive into Parliament Square and just park your car. Yeah. And he'd he'd walk to the pub, leave me for a couple of hours, have like five pints, and then we'd drive home. You know, it was like that. It was that sort yeah. of thing. And um, I remember like trying to work out from the change in my pocket how many issues of, you know, Captain Marvel I could buy or something. And and it was like a real a real. I've still I've got the flyers. I kept the flyers for the next one that they were handing out at that event. You know, I've still got them now in a folder. So I think I, I cool. loved, loved that time there. And that was a real magic time for sort of having your eyes open because you never saw this stuff. You know, you, I never knew it existed. And then this, this comic shop in town I would go to, which was, it was called the globe in Ipswich. And, um, it was, it was a real back alley comic shop. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it's, I, I think they all were then. It yeah. Got, yeah. It was sort of like blacked out windows. Cause there was a hot, 
there was a whole mythology around our local comic shop at the time it was called the hobbit hole oh yeah I've heard and there was one, a whole yeah. mythology about it that built up around school you know how school playground rumors and urban legends start it was like <laughs> this most ter- i was terrified to go in the first time i went yeah it was kind of like a, i had to build up a lot of courage to actually go in there and it's like once you get in there you're like this is nothing like they told me it'd be at school so i was expecting <laughs> yeah. like nightmare on elm street kind of shit but yeah well I, I remember going in there and thinking oh my yeah you know, i can buy because back previous to that the, the the american comics you got in news agents were at least two months old because they'd come over and you know they'd be yeah. shipped over. so we were we were reading and they and they were irregular at best so you'd get a you get an issue of Avengers and then you'd wait four issues for the next one. And I thought, uh, and it, I would like desperately, I was like cycling all over West London, all over Ipswich, trying to find news agents that um, had comics in, you know, so I could see what they had. Um, and it, it was because it was irregular, but here they were on the shelf. So I could buy X-Men every month when it came out and stuff like that. And, and um, I think it just started, I think Barry Windsor Smith had just done an issue um, on the first time I went in there. And I remember going in there and thinking, oh, wow. And there was this sort of typically, alan moore-esque character behind the jump and i remember thinking i'd literally been frightened to speak to him you know um but spending three hours in this tiny shop looking through all the back issues you know and him not saying an absolute word to me not a word you know and and like i remember the the first time he ever spoke to me i went in there and he said i've got something for you and i said oh okay you know and he handed me the um the first issue of master of kung fu and he said i thought you'd like that he says, you can have that. And it was cheap. I mean, back then, it was a colour quid. Yeah. And it, it was like the best day ever. You know. I'm like, this so is so, incredible. So how old yeah. were you when you made that first trip into a comic shop? Uh, probably like 11, 12, I reckon. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was around a similar age. Cause it was when Superman came back from the dead. So I would have been, what, about 13, I think? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Big sort of that. Big doings. So, but yeah, it was like same experience, like, Back issues. That's one thing I really miss from comic shops now. Yes. Back issues, like proper back issues, not just stuff yeah. from the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm kind of lucky with what I've got because obviously Orbital is my local shop, um, and and and, I, and I'm in there once a week, um, and then about once a month I'll go to Gosh as well. And um, Gosh has got if you go downstairs at Gosh, upstairs is a bit poncy. God bless them. But down <laughs> downstairs is. Um, is is a real back issue, but answer. There's there's some great wall books as well down there. I think they've got a load of Kirby up on the wall at the moment, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky. And then um, Orbital's the same, yeah. And they, they they and there's staff in there who'll talk to you about back issues. It's great, Carl and Paul and all these sort of Liz. They they'll they'll stand there and they'll chat to you for ages about back issues, which is like the exactly what I want from comic shop. I want I want to chat to them about J M Dematis on defenders or you know something like that yeah it's like what i was reading in 1979 or something yeah yeah uh, but yeah so that was kind of where i sat the um i used to go into food planet as well whenever i could if i could get into central london food planet at the time was in denmark street um and there was i've, I've written in similar to that article i wrote for you the or the piece i wrote for you i've written some of the sort of standouts at the time that just like rock my world so to see what you think of these. Should, we, should I run them by you? Yeah, go on. So Stan and Jack on on their Marvel stuff. So FF, Thor, Cap, X-Men, you know, those sort of things. Yeah. Yes or no for you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, really old school Marvel stuff. I absolutely love. I've okay. got a couple of trades of the 60s stuff. Oh, nice. Good. I mean, I followed Jack. I followed Jack to DC on the New Gods and OMAC and all that sort of thing. And then I followed him back to Marvel for like Devil Dinosaur and Black Panther and Cap and all that sort of thing. Then I followed him to... 
Um, was it PC? He went two for a while, didn't he? I think so, yeah. That rings Pacific, well. sorry, Pacific, yeah. And then I followed him back to DC again for that superpowers nonsense he did. You know, <laughs> I, I absolutely love his stuff. I still, and I still, I've got, a, I bought the, the hardback of Devil Dinosaur sitting behind me the other day. And I love that stuff. Um, so the Avengers really rocked my world. They, they were kind of, this is how obsessed I was as a child, is I'd write top 10 lists of comics, top 10 lists of characters, and top 10 lists of artists and writers. I liked that's a, I've still got them as well uh, it's just like weirdly obsessive you know um now everyone would just if I was if it was now I'd just go onto message boards and argue about you know who was who or something wouldn't I you know um <laughs> but the Avengers so it was like um the Roy Thomas Busema stuff but then um I really got into I really enjoyed the George Perez stuff towards the end of the hundreds um with I think it was David Michelini at the time but you ever an Avengers fan uh, I was off and on. It was more the individual stuff I picked up again through the, some of the sixties stuff because yeah. I used to like getting those, for want of a better term, greatest whatever stories ever told or oh, yeah. treasury kind of edition kind of yeah. bumper packs of stuff. Yeah. So you'd have a good mixture of stuff in it, and I used to pour over those. I think like Titan and that used to do reprints of them. Oh, okay. The box tree of that for the UK market. You used to be able to get them in the newsagents for like four quid once they dropped out of favour, kind of thing. Right. Okay. I never got any. Of so that. I used to buy those. I bought. I had a Joker one that I poured, DC obviously, but yeah, which I poured over and over, and I had a Dick Tracy one that I absolutely loved. And um, yeah, I got a couple of Marvel ones as well. I can't remember what they were, but they had a general sort of mix of stuff in. Okay, yeah, yeah, but, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, no, that sort of thing I like. Um, and then, and then from there, the Uncanny X Men with Claremont and Byrne, Terry Austin, Paul Smith, Dave Cockrum, John Rita Jr. That little period between them coming back and about issue. Um, 200 is just is just solid gold for me yeah yeah um i'm 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 not going to talk about the movies because i don't like i don't i don't like people who just talk about the movies it it just winds me up but i actually love the dark phoenix saga so much that i just and i see most marvel movies the day they come out i can't i can't bring myself at the moment to see it um because yeah i'm not excited about it but yeah i mean i'll Uh, catch it eventually but i'm not in any rush to see it at the cinema kind of thing yeah, I might try and see it this weekend, but it's to me that's that that is the solid gold of the the Bronze Age for me. Yeah, it's the Dark Phoenix saga, you know. Claire, as much as whatever you think of Claremont and his head does look like a shiny walnut, the um, his uh, his story with with Burn and Austin is, is just impeccable. You know, there's there's images from that that are burned into every comic fan's retina. You know, See, I I read that because of John Byrne, because obviously yeah. the Man of Steel connection. Yeah, we started looking at other John yeah. Byrne stuff. So and that's sort of how I discovered that. But I think that's pretty much the only X Men complete story I've ever read. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, they, what, why are you put off by them? Is it because it's overcomplicated? Do you think, or um, I don't know. It's just I like the X Men, but they, it never sat right with me them being in the Marvel universe. I'm sure it is explained somewhere in the comics, but why they're persecuted for being mutants, where other superpowered beings aren't. That's interesting. And that, you know, that. I mean, it's that nerd thing, one tiny little thing niggling away in your back of your mind just kind <laughs> yeah. of puts you off. <laughs> oh, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, women say that to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we must hey. know the same women. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a... that, and like I said, I was much more of a DC guy at the time. Yeah, Superman, so Batman, reading... Nightfall, that sort of thing. Ah, oh, so yeah, I love Nightfall. Actually, it came a bit later for me. Cause it was I do. That's sort of that golden that. age of yeah, story. You know, a event story, but was self-contained enough into its own 
book series. I mean, it spanned all the bad books, but... Yeah, it was just about contained enough where you could keep track of it for me. A bit like um, The Return of Superman and stuff like that as well. There was enough I could just keep track of it, you know. Now, fuck knows. I haven't got a clue what's going on. Because my love of Batman comes from... I used to collect the first UK one that I collected and make sure I made sure I got every two weeks from the news agents was a one that reprinted some Legion of Superhero comics and some Batman Brave and the Bold from the seventies. Okay. The Brave and the Bold was a great series. I used to love that. Yeah. Jim Aparo's art on that was outstanding. So good. Cause yeah. it had the one where he slipped through to like an earth two or something where you had a full grown Robin and a Batwoman. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was great, and all that the stuff. JSA sort of type reality, as they used to say. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Robin had actually had trousers, didn't he? he That's didn't right. Yeah, 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 yeah. red tights and everything. And um, yeah, they had the one with him and the Flash, and um, yeah, and some Legion of Superhero stuff. And they used to have free postcards on the front, which, oh, okay. as a kid, had free postcards on the front was massively exciting. Now there's there's so much plastic crap stuck to the front of a car. <laughs> I know, I know, and, and and yeah, back then I used to take them out, and now you can't sell them on eBay if they ain't got the car. Do you know what I mean? It's all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still, yeah. I still got them separate, but I took them off the comic to keep them nice, kind of thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was the only one I collected. It only ran for about twelve issues, I think. Oh, okay. I've not seen I kept that. Going actually. back in after the last issue, not realizing it was the last one, asking when the next one was. <laughs> yeah, like the Fuck off, kid. Yeah, so and. Of course, then when I got into Superman in the 90s, the artwork was completely different to what I'd gotten used to. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. I thought it had come on. I loved all that 70s stuff. It was sort oh, of the... I love Kurt Swan stuff. Oh, it's so readable. It's, yeah, super... it's just something beautiful in the simplicity of the art. I kind of... As great bit... as Jim Lee and that is, the over-muscled chest and torso and everything, You kind of, I kind of miss the days when it was just a line across and a line down. Yeah, and he... It, it, there's there's a, a nostalgia blanket there somewhere, isn't it? It's like coming home every time you see a Kurt Swan comic. You know, there's a bit of that for me. And so, he, he kind of looks like a bloke who worked in an office with the suit on, you know, with a superhero suit on, didn't he? Really? That's it. Yeah. It, it just looked like a comic character should look. This over-realised, yeah. realistic sort of look they seem to go for. Stunning as it is to look at it as a piece of art it kind of takes you out of the story sometimes, I think, when yeah. you're like, oh, that looks so real. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on. So the next thing that I got into now, you, I don't know whether you used to ever get this, but what they did is they would, some um, news agents would basically get one of each comic. So Marvel would send them one of every, you get the thing, you know, Marvel 2 in 1, you get Fantastic yeah. Four. Don't they? So it's almost like a fight to get there early enough when it landed on the shelf that you would get the Avengers, you know. And I would often leave some of them till the end. So, she-Hulk I didn't really often buy. Um, uh, I'd, Conan would be sort of the second week. I'd buy it if it was all that's left. And then I really left a comic called Master of Kung Fu, which um, I left it on the shelf, and I just thought, oh, it's, it's, I like superheroes, don't like martial arts, you know, and um, sort of spy dramas. And then I, I, I lived to regret it because I started buying it, and and it just, like, blew my mind again. So another reason, which I just got pulled back into comics through, you know, through the love of that, and it's still my favourite series um doug mensch um paul galacy i got an email conversation with paul galacy the other day well i asked him if he'd do a um a commission for me i want every about every three years i email paul galacy and i say any chance of commission paul and he's he's always too busy but he's really friendly you know you, yeah. the email the emails ex- exchange goes on for sort of three or four and and i come away thinking i didn't get a commission but that was nice to speak to paul you know it's like that he's that sort yeah. of guy and um 
I uh, emailed him this time and said, Paul, it's me again. You know, any chance of commission? And he, and he emailed me back with, are you sitting down? And I'm like, oh, what's this? And then he emailed, like, literally a minute later, he emailed me back with, I've retired, Tony. And I'm like, no. Nah. So I emailed me back with, like, N with loads of O's attached to it, you know. I said, oh, well, I hope your retirement's going. I've retired myself recently. And I, was, I hope your retirement's going well. I've retired recently. And, and I said, well, if you ever get to England. And he, he emailed me back saying, yeah, I, w- I want to come to England. You know, I'll let you know when I'm over. And I'm thinking, this is better than a commission. This is the best thing ever. I'm going to the pub with Paul Galacy, whether he ever, if he ever comes over. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. his stuff, his stuff was amazing. Mike Zek, we, we managed to chat to Mike Zek, me, Dan and Vince um, from the Autumn Comics podcast at, in the, at the London um, Super Comic Con a few years ago. And he was he was exceptionally nice. Um, Gene Day, who sadly died too young, he did, did some amazing stuff on it. And Doug Mensch is still one of my Mount Rushmore's that I've yet to speak to, you know, sort of one of the sort of important people for me in comics I've yet to speak to. And he, he did some amazing stuff, Doug Mensch. And, but the, the inner monologue of Master of Kung Fu, I just I just found it very personable, you know, very sort of um, um, like he was speaking to me almost, you know, and I, th- I think that's re- really what I liked. Yeah. Um, have you ever read any Master of Kung Fu? It's, it's not I haven't, no, I must admit. Read. It's... Yeah. Kung Fu never really interested me much as a kid. Yeah, I think when I was a really young kid, I watched some really badly dubbed, yeah, yeah, Kung yeah. Fu movies and that. And I was like, these are all right; they're kind of hokey. But that was an awesome kick, obviously. But yeah, but it was never sort of my thing. I was always more of a sci-fi, yeah, okay, yeah. sort of nerd rather than a. I think it's sort of combined kid. with me where we, um, I started reading it at the same time that um, video, we kind of videos came a, became a big thing. Video rental shops. Yeah. And um, whereas in the boarding house, we would we do there was like three of us left in the boarding house at the weekends and we would go into town and you could rent anything you wanted at that point. There was no age limit. I mean, we saw like Cannibal Holocaust and stuff like that when you were like 12 or 13. And uh, there's an age limit. They never clamped down on it until about the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So I think basically they had to enforce it, you know, through the video nasties act or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so we would we would watch all these Kung Fu movies. And it's when I saw Enter the Dragon and um, and then we crept into the cinema and watched um, uh, the big brawl, the Jackie Chan movie, which oh, cool. is the same director. And they're both they're both mate. They're both good quality martial arts, you know not big budget, but fairly big budget for martial arts things. And, and I thought, Oh, this, this is amazing. You know, and um, I think that's why it, why it took off for me at that time. And then uh, the cinema, so the other stuff that was on was like Condor man or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big lover of Condor man, aren't you? How can you not love Condor man? Who'd have thought it, eh? Is Oliver Reed the villain in it? I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw I it. I honestly can't remember or like, I can't remember much more than the poster for it, to be honest, which looked fucking amazing. Me, you and Andy should do a live watch of that movie one day. That'd be good. I like that'd that be good. Yeah, that'd be funny. Next time you're down, we'll all crowd in a hotel room and download <laughs> yeah. it on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no trousers. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Um, That's just a standard rule. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, so, sort of how old were you when you started moving away from the superhero stuff? I don't think to... I ever moved away, I think. I think I just or not moved away, but yeah, branched yeah. out to... Yeah, I just, I just sort of, you know, sold all my grandmother's jewellery and, and, and bought that as well. But back then, comics were only 12 or 15 pence. Do you know what I mean? It weren't, it weren't expensive. You know, you could, you know, a couple of quid in your pocket, you know, from a Saturday job, which I had, would, you know, bought me all the comics I needed. I see really? you used to walk away with a bag full and still have some money for some sweets or whatever, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. 50p each at most. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like, um, I think I'd be cheaper off getting a, a, a heroin habit 
<laughs> you probably would. To be I think it'd be cheaper. I think the, yeah, I want to look back. It's probably worth more afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you you get a nicer feeling than you would in some of the fucking shit that Marvel brings out at the moment. But yeah, but the I think they're so expensive now. I just think it's overbearing. But back then you could you could like I was buying, you know, I'd work out how many I could get at fifteen p a time, you know, with the money I had in my pocket, and you know it would be Spider Man, Legion, superheroes. It'd be Flash. Um, Carmen Infantino's Flash is still one of my favourites. Teen Titans yeah. by Wolfman and Perez, and I was also buying stuff like Swamp Thing, and before that, stuff like Man Thing, Tomb of Dracula, The Defenders, or The Champions. I love The Champions. That was a great little series. Did you ever read that? The old I didn't know. That was amazing. Hercules and Ghost Rider, just all the heroes who were having their their titles cancelled got put on this team. That was, I think, that was you know editorial mandate. If your team gets cancelled, you put them in the Champions. You know, it's a bit like That's that. A yeah. Idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from there, I started falling into stuff that was, to me, a little bit dangerous, a little bit sort of um, s- spicy. Um, stuff like Eclipse Comics, Kamiko, if, if you've ever read The Elementals, that's pretty spicy. Um, well, it's, it's downright porn, to be fair, in some of it. Um, <laughs> uh, first comics, so I was reading stuff like American Flag. Um, and Nexus, you know, Chaikin's Chaikin's a genius. I, I love his stuff. Um, Steve Rude, and um, we 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 got to chat to Mike Barron on on the pod recently, and um, that that was he was one of my Mount Rushmores, and he turned out to be absolutely brilliant. You know, totally yeah. crazy, but like brilliant. Um, <laughs> and uh, E Man and um, Star Slayer and Mike and Mike Grell stuff, John Sable, uh, and then I was also I was stretching out of that. I was looking in the back issue bins, and I was getting stuff like e- eerie and creepy. And mad magazines uh, and stuff like that, and it was it, that was the stuff. That was the stuff before Vertigo. That was what you know. I mean, we 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 talked to Shelley Bond recently, and she was an intern at Kamiko. So, to a certain extent, you wouldn't have a lot of Vertigo. It wasn't for the experience learned by these people at places like Eclipse and Comic Kamiko and First First Comics. It was such a juggernaut, you know, such yeah. an amazing, an amazing collection. It's one of my sort of holy grail thing is to buy every single first comics i'm almost there i'm almost there. i've got about another sort of 30 or 40 issues to go and, and amazing stuff warp you know e-man um shatter uh just badger was amazing you know like an animal rights superhero who's you know multiple personalities it was just like bizarre stuff but it really worked and it was so unusual that, that was the great thing they just any idea they just seemed to chuck at the wall and see if it stuck yeah, it was very yeah. much that early thing. I mean, it's like Ant Man started as a standalone story about a guy who shrinks himself. Yeah, well, like, and, like you know, look at the turf. fights a bunch of ants, and then they decided that because the comics old well, yeah, there yeah, might be true. a character in creating him into Ant Man, and it was yeah. just Still doing crazy shit and seeing what stuck. Yeah, yeah, and it, like turtles and bloody hamsters, and you know, Cerebus for God's sake, you know what is what? Who came? Who's crazy fever dream? Well, it's obviously Dave Sims, but you know, you come up with that that weirdness. You know, it's just strange. Um, and so it, it was just a roller coaster of like me looking for the next thing and me being totally obsessed. I mean, I think a lot of people who are into comics have a visual memory, you know, and a vis- you know, very sort of imagination based is visual, you know. Yeah. Um, but and I think we remember those things. We remember, like you say, like the cover of that Superman issue and stuff like that. We remember stuff because it's. It's so it's it's a visual memory for us. It's how I remember stuff sometimes, you know. Um, and I remember seeing all this stuff and just being sort of totally obsessed with it. And then um, the next stage was UCAC. UCAC came along, um, which was United Kingdom Comic Art Convention, and it was a big deal. And um, 
I met all these people there. I met these creators there. You know, I was like just some spotty faced kid. You know, I remember I got totally brushed off by Claremont one night, um, one <laughs> afternoon, like the rudest brush off you've ever had. You know, <laughs> you know, he thought he was Elton John or something. Yeah. And um, remember like walking out, like just like comics was over for me. You know, this, this is my life. And I thought, I, I thought I, I, for years, I thought I've upset him. I've done something wrong. I've been really rude to him. You know, it just turns yeah. out it's a bit of a bit of a yeah. pompous just, bastard. Just, just and I walked, yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and I walked around the corner and there was um, uh, Karen Berger and um, Alan Moore standing there. And Alan Moore spoke to me. And, and he had this, and people knock Alan Moore. I actually really like him. I really like what he does. I think everything's perfect. But I, he's, he, I think he's, I think he's great. And I think he's one of the best things we've got in comics. But, and he spoke to me and, and, and to be fair, I filled up. He was like, he, and I almost burst into tears just cause Alan Moore and I'd read his, um, I think he just started on Swamp Thing at the time, I think. Yeah. And I'd read his Swamp Thing and I was like, uh, this, you know, and, and I was back in again. And I, the five minutes of just like the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. You know, it was like, it was like, uh, I remember, I remember thinking, I just, I just had my, I used to box. I just had my first boxing match and I remember thinking, oh, I'll just go into do, do some boxing now. Then I'll just leave it and, and go, you know, that'll be like my second sort of passion, you know? Yeah. And uh and and then speaking to Alan Moore, he was just like fucking super nice to me and I thought this is the best thing ever. I have never thanked him. One day I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna tell him that he did that. But yeah, it was uh it was and I remember sitting in a, a room and um I just thought, Oh, we're sitting here, there's I could I could listen to Dave Sim talk and Dave Sim was talking to a like a little crowd of fans, you know. Um and Dave Sim was talking about being taken to a titty bar. I remember never forget he said titty bar. And, I, and I'm like, oh my god, what, what have I walked into? <laughs> I was this sort of straight kid who didn't really understand the big city, you know. Um, I was staying at my, I remember I was staying at my aunt's that night. I can't remember why, but I, I got completely lost and, and, and like ended up being at Waterloo for like three hours because I got lost. Um, <laughs> sort of how old were you then? Uh, Twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I was, I was early teens. I was going to say for that. I yeah. Reckon. So yeah, it was quite yeah. early into you getting into comics, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, what was the first con you went to, Stu? Can you remember? Uh, it was probably one at Gloucester Leisure Centre. They used to do one in the park in Gloucester, but it, all, it always passed me by. I was never aware of it until sort of after the fact. Right, okay. Kind of thing, because I didn't go every week to the comic shop. I used to go every other week because my parents divorced when I was young, so when I stayed with my mum on a Saturday, she used to let us go into town or okay. take us into town, yeah. whereas my dad was very much not into that. So Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it very much didn't happen on my dad's watch kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I wasn't going in every week. So sort of like every two weeks I'd look forward to going to the comic shop on the Saturday morning, buying me comics, going home. Or I'd watch the Saturday morning cartoons, then go to the comic shop. Yeah. And then I'd pour over those Saturday afternoon waiting for, like, Lois and Clark to start in the, after- in the <laughs> evening. Just that um, bit where she slides down the slide and looks up. <laughs> down the top. I remember even then, as an adult, thinking, it's a bit lively. <laughs> but yeah, and it was that. And then on a Sunday, I'd go up to Merritt's, was our local news agent. Right. And by like, they did a Toxic Avenger one based on the Toxic Avenger cartoon. I used to buy the British <laughs> stuff that tied into the cartoons that were on Delhi. <laughs> I've got to tell you, that's probably a comic line. No matter how bad it was, it couldn't have been worse than the movies. <laughs> the first one's all right in a... This is in, shit. In a kind of way. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a and high point for Troma. But they are the they are the company that made um Nymphoid Barbarians in Dinosaur Hell. Let's face it, you know, sort of Well as a kid I didn't realise it was a 
film kind of yeah. that weird thing of marketing things for adults to kids like terminator robocop all that yeah, sort of thing exactly yeah it's very it's like, true. how can we sell toys based on this <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird we, what you said about the parents though is weird i remember coming back from school and, and my mother and father had moved all my comics into the garage and i remember like literally there was like sort of three or four boxes and I, I didn't have long boxes i actually made them yeah, uh, same. Cardboard, yeah. i and, got my uh, granddad to make me one out of wood oh nice yeah, yeah and i remember like slowly like because you used to have to walk past the living room to get to the stairs to go upstairs and i remember like just stuffing them up my jumper and like over a period of weeks getting them all back into my bedroom you know it was like that because they didn't they didn't really approve it they'd rather i read novel i mean i read novels as well but you know they'd rather i read like non-stop you know novels and stuff and i was having to sort of creep them back upstairs i said yeah. i was happy that's not proper reading yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah it's, it's weird isn't it comics are an experience and they are different from reading i think i don't know i think i think they they are they are essentially a solitary pastime aren't they i know yeah we, i mean we we both you you run a convention and i'm on a podcast where we talk about you know comics as community but the the community stems from the fact that we read these comics on our own yeah you know, and we very much kind of belonging to it you know so I yeah, completely agree. And sort of when I was into comics, the, they weren't the in thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing because early nineties computer games really started to take off. People had home TV videos, that sort of thing. So comics had sort of very much slipped to the niche nerd and geek kind of thing, which I didn't give a shit about. I was reading comics openly. I was drawing comics on like my art pro project folders and everything like that yeah and, um that's probably how me and andy bonded is that we used to swap comics oh nice he, he wasn't so much into them but i used to lend him comics to read he used to read like the alien ones and that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah we sort of back and forth on comics and then drawing from comics and all that sort of thing that's sort of how me and andy bonded yeah yeah it was a weird. I, I talk, I'm, I've always been sort of a, a two-person pe- person, really, because I've been into comics as a kid, and I would I kind of got known as the, the you know the comics kid. But I also was a sort of amateur boxer and I played like quite quite good quality rugby and stuff. Yeah. So there was it was all, I was like the nerd who was part of that crowd as well. And then I joined, you know, not going into the, the ins and outs, but I joined a job that was sort of reasonably sort of macho, mostly blokes, you know, yeah. a lot of drinking involved and all this sort of thing. You know, outside of hours and. Um, I didn't tell anyone I was in. I was I was in the same job for thirty odd years, and I didn't tell anyone that I was into comics till like the last five years. And I'd end up just thinking, "Fuck it," and I just told everyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But there was no way I'd I'd have got on um, reasonably successfully if I'd have told them early on. They'd have just thought I was weird. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was never opening, never an opening gambit for me. Sort of. I mean, I was very much. I was probably quite Steve Ditkoish at school, not with the art skills, but sort of you know, gangly, shy, glasses kind of thing. Okay, yeah. yeah, quite withdrawn and then as i got older and was kind of like i went through a brief period in my late teens of i was still collecting comics but it was more of a my thing any girl i was kind of like you know if i got lucky enough to bring her go back to my flat she'd be like what's in that box be like, it's porn it's porn you don't want to <laughs> yeah. look in it yeah it's a dead it's, kitten it's definitely don't not the comics i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute filth <laughs> johnny's <laughs> just uh, whatever comes to mind yeah yeah no i know what you mean yeah now, I don't know if you heard this. I don't know whether this is true or not, but um, women read comics. So there's a rumour going around. This actually happens. I've, I'm, I've I'm heard. I'm proud of us for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've become, we've become diverse, and I'm and proud I, of us. I always think I was born about a decade or two too soon. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be a god now, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there's... Um, 
uh, I think people are into comics sometimes because they think it's cool now. I think I think oh one hundred percent not so much now, but certainly a few years ago I used to see it quite a lot. People would turn up at comics events and stuff, and they would be into comics, and you you drill down to it, and they wouldn't they wouldn't know what you're talking about, and they'd maybe seen X Men Two or something. You know, it's a bit like that. I think. Yeah, I mean, I possibly me getting into comics was more from the films than that, but I've got no issue with people as whatever their gateway is into it kind of thing. Yeah, as long as they then get into it. Whether they're into it because they're into it or whether they're into it because, you know, they want to look cool with the click that they're... Yeah, as long as they buy a comic office. <laughs> always say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, be into comics because of comics. You know, that create comics because of comics. Don't create comics because of movies or, you know, you think it's cool. I mean, or, because, and... or don't collect comics because you think they're going to be worth something. I mean, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. My, yeah. my major thing is slabbing. There was somebody on one of the comics groups who was like, I bought this, it's slabbed, but I don't really want it slabbed. But should I crack it open or not? I was like, crack the fucking thing open. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you bought it because you love it as a comic. So, you know, love it the way it was intended to be loved and read the fuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Because the amount of people now that, like, oh, I bought this, it's got a slight ding on it. When I get it graded, it's like, that's going to be worth less than you paid to get it graded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've never got a comic graded i have to say i don't know i, I, I kind of like i think i think the fact that we're called comic collectors is a little bit lost and lost these days i think um i don't think i think we should be called that more because we are we are comic collectors i'm a comic yeah. reader yeah i think that that's seen as compared to a graphic novel reader there's the extremes isn't there you know um, yeah i mean it's perfectly you're perfectly capable of keeping a comic nice without slabbing it in plastic to never be read again yeah, bag yeah. and board it and just be careful when you read it if you're genuinely keeping it for that reason. If you're slabbing it, you want to sell it. That's the reason. There's no, that's there's a, yeah, yeah, that's I'm what. never going to sell my collection. When I'm dead, it's my kids' problem. They can do what the fuck they like with it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I'm alive. Because it's the other thing of like, you know, it's, you find out you've got a comic that's worth a little bit of money and in the back of your mind, like, it's worth this now if I sell it. Yeah. I kind yeah, of yeah. don't have, even though I'm not bragging to people that I own whatever it is. And it's yeah. worth this much. At the back of my mind, like I've got a comic that's worth something. <laughs> kind yeah, of validates my whole collection. I know it does. When you think oh, I've got a complete run of this, yeah, you know, you can't, it. it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. The, um, I think to a certain extent, comics. Uh, we're talking about the community, but talking about reading them, it, it's an escape. It's I, I, I've often think about this: is that comics are one of the few pastimes that you can do without doing what they call double screening. So you can be into movies and you can watch a movie at home, but you're yeah. still probably going to look at your phone. Yeah. You know, you're still probably going to talk to your partner or whatever it is, you know. Um, but I think with comics, I can't even listen to music when I'm reading a comic because it sort of pulls me out of it, depending on the music I'm listening. Unless it's like... I can. I used to try even just listening to orchestral music. And then I used yeah. to find that I've like gone through three pages and not actually taken in any of it. Yeah. Because yeah. my mind's gone, oh, I really like this piece of music. Yeah. It's gone more towards that. And I'm just... So yeah. it's like, fuck, I've got to go back. I mean, I used to reread comics anyway. Now I've got so many, I don't get time to go back and reread. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I like it so much is it does, it it sucks the time and it's, it's there's a direct communication between the comic page and, or the comic screen and you. And you don't look, you can't look away. And, it, and I also think that it's an interpretive activity and I don't think it's open to the properly stupid. I'm going to put it that way. I yes. think... Because we we're interpreting some things that are minimal marks on a page. Often, you know, there's shortcuts and um, icon icons that are used that um, that are not representative completely of a, a completely drawn person. Yeah, you know, I do like more realistic styles, but I don't like photorealistic styles. I like 
cartoony, but I don't like overly manga cartoony. You know, they're, they're, yeah, I will yeah. read both, but I think that even even the stuff I like, you have to. There's a language to it, and you have to translate what you are looking. Sometimes almost an abstract image on a page, you know, like a speed line or something like that. Yeah, you know, unless you know what you, unless you've got a brain on you, and you're working out what happens between between panels, which is where a lot of the action takes place, isn't it? The I think. I think I kind of like that as well. It's it's a it's almost a puzzle or a maze that you have to solve sometimes reading a comic, you know, especially when you're oh, following multiple panels, you know. And following balloon, uh, balloon dialogue balloons rather. Yeah, exactly. As to which person you've got the arrow, but then following the conversation, how it goes, especially when it's not a straight one above the other kind of thing. Yeah, it's a cross page. There, I think there is a skill to reading comics that is largely ignored. Yeah, there is because it's. That it's language, it's learning a like, language, isn't it? You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. the same as anything, but, but yeah, yeah I, no, I like I... I like that that exists. I like that I'm part of that. I like that it's something that you know, I I would have done so much. I like you know, I like to think I'd have travelled the world twice over and you know fought a demon, you know, fought a dragon by now. But I won't. I just <laughs> I like reading comics. I'll have just read comics, you know. But it's uh, and I'm always on the search for that next great book as well. I'm always on the search for that next thing that's going to you know occasionally i get a little dip occasionally i think oh look at all this rubbish that's out on the shelf and then i go oh look at that i'm like a magpie you know so most have you, have you got any that you buy just because you've collected it this long now you just can't give up on it or yeah are you do you read everything you buy um no i don't read everything i buy and i think i've got two long boxes of unread comics in front of me that prove i don't uh, <laughs> hey i've got to tell you the i buy a lot of things out of habit I like. I do eventually get around to them, but I do. I do occasionally get around to them and think that's that's tosh. I'm not reading that anymore. Um, and then I'll still I'll still buy it. And then in yeah. another six months, I'll go. I must get around to reading that again, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I do. I do automatically buy the Uncanny X Men, and I do automatically buy the Avengers, and I do automatically buy the Punisher and stuff like that, you know. And, I'm buying a there's um, Master of Kung Fu Shang Chi's in a in a book at the moment. I think it's New New Agents of Atlas or something, um, and it's awful. <laughs> but I must buy everything that he's in because I'm weird like that, you know, because it's we're pre-programmed, you know. I must have every comic that Master of Kung Fu's in, you know. I've got yeah. that X Men First Class issue that he's in, and I've got you know just like stuff like that. Um, so yeah, all the time, man. You you, you doing the same or you you yeah, just split enough to go no or. Uh, no, not at all. I've been buying <laughs> Green Lantern for about the last 10 years and I've still not read. Probably about <laughs> 10 years behind. I occasionally pick them up yeah. and then I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what's going on, but I've got the previous issue, so maybe I should go back. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, well, that's like 10 years worth of comics to read just to understand what's going on here. But you know what? And, and I, I'm the same, man. I exactly the same. Do you know what? We never, we never, when we started reading comics, we did, we hadn't read the previous 40 years of Superman, have we? Well, no, that's it. And I used to yeah. get like part two of a story, then part six, and just happily read it, not knowing what had happened in the middle kind of thing. Yeah. But then you exactly. also used to have the beauty of the editor's box then. Yeah. Yeah, you did. That you just don't get anymore that told you where you could go to find this information. And now in this age, you can be kind of like Google Superman yeah. 56. Ah, cool. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I had this with a friend of mine at work and he said, um, I think he said, oh, lend us, um, lend us a good comic, because he was watching The Walking Dead. He said, I don't want to read the comics, because it ruin it for me. But uh, lend us a good comic. So I got, I got him the Preacher volume where he, be, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's the Preacher volume where he becomes the sheriff of the small town. Oh, so, yeah, I know the one. I don't know what it's called, but I know the one yeah, you're on about. Yeah, and I had, that in, I had that in trades as well. So I gave him that. 
And he came back a couple of days later and he went, it was good. But he says, uh, is, this is like volume four or something. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, I don't, well, I haven't read the previous ones. And I said to him, have you ever watched um, Coronation Street? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I watched Coronation Street. And I said, did you have to go back and watch the first 50 years of Coronation Street before you started watching it? And he went, well, no, but that's different. And I thought, <laughs> it ain't, is it? <laughs> you know, just jump in. I think we kind of, sometimes we just have to go kick ourselves in the face and, you know, slap ourselves on the back and just jump in and read stuff. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, Green Lantern, and for me, the Uncanny X-Men won't be... Well, Uncanny X-Men is super complicated. It makes no sense most of the time, but the, I'm, I'm sure there are comics that... We're, we're, we're clever enough. We're not, we're not, I'm not a super genius. I'm sure you're a clever guy, but you're clever enough to appreciate what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Just give it a go sometimes. Yeah, I think it's yeah. more subconsciously giving myself an excuse not to read it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. You, so. you might be right, man. You might. That might be exactly, exactly it. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Because I keep meaning to just set myself aside half an hour a day just to sit and read comics, but I yeah. just whenever I do it, I kind of get stuck in. I was like, "Fuck! I should probably reply to those emails I got sent today." Yeah. And then it's like I'll get that done first. And then by the time I've done all that, it's kind of like, "Fuck! It's ten o'clock. If I start yeah. reading something now, I'm going to fall asleep." So much stuff <laughs> goes into the pages, and they're so gorgeous. And sometimes I think, like, I need to just like you know buck up and get on with it. You know, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, a... I always flick through a comic and look at the art kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't always sit and read them kind of thing because I, just from a drawing point of view, I like looking at the art. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you can ruin the story for yourself kind of thing. Sometimes it makes me go, fuck, what is going on there? Back. <laughs> well, let's actually... get, let's move on from that because that your question there about being into the art leads me on to um, my next question is so I, I sectioned off when you said, let's do this, um, why comics? I put a couple of, a, a couple of titles up because I thought I need to. I think it's worth me and you talking about them both. And then I know that this is something that we can talk about because you've recently done some work for me, um, which is coming out hopefully next month. So why why make comics? So so why comics, but why make them? So why okay. did you get into? Why did you shift from being a fan into someone who makes comics? Uh, I I don't think I have yet. To be fair. Well, I think. Oh, well, come on. You, you, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. I've you, done that piece for you, and I'm, I'm, mess, I'm messing around with the robot thing. And yeah, and you, you've done a pin up for me, and which is is sequential because it's part of the story. Yeah, you know, and on on the editor side, I've done the two yeah volumes of tales so far. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Um, I think it's just I've always liked writing stories. I've always liked being, drawing. So, so, sorry to interrupt you. You've gone from being a passive reader of comics into running one of the biggest comic conventions in the country. Well, you know, so you sort of you know, there's that as well. You know, it's sort of. You know, I think, why take that step over the line almost is what I'm saying, I suppose. I think it's difficult not to be surrounded by that much creativity and not want to try your hand at it kind of thing, for me. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, I mean, like I say, because I've always enjoyed writing, I've always enjoyed drawing. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time I wanted to be a comic artist and then I didn't, when that didn't seem possible, I decided to try making films instead. I sort of went the opposite way to most people go of, ah, oh, I can't make my film, I'll turn it into a comic. <laughs> I, was, I was very much the. Uh, I, didn't, can't I can't make, make, make it into a comic. Film, I'll yeah. fucking film it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Kind yeah, of thing. So, yeah. and yeah, just recently through doing the various drawing projects and that, and sort of, Andy's like both, a, you know, friend, co-collaborator kind of thing, and yeah, somebody yeah, who yeah. eggs me on. Yeah, 
yeah, he's very encouraging, Andy, and he's a he's a talented. You know, we did a comic together. He's a talented individual, and he knows what he's doing. And he's always saying, I never have a bad conversation with Andy. We always, you know, it's always I come away from conversations with Andy like in, inspired to go and write something else. You know, it's like that. Yeah, he's a bastard. Total bastard <laughs> as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed a kitten once. I saw him do it. The, uh, but you know what I mean? It's, there's that as well. But even there? back from school, we've always had sort of like this friendly rivalry with drawing. Right. Okay. And I've always known he's better, but I can you know, never openly tell him. So <laughs> even back to school projects, where I drew a dog, he drew a cat. And it became a running joke to the point where at my wedding, he gave me a framed version his cat he drew at school he gave me the framed version of that and i gave him the framed version of the dog i drew at his wedding oh nice cool <laughs> but uh it's just been that and like i say he's just sort of encouraged me and i've just been gradually sort of upping it to the point where i did this robot thing for the march march of the robots drawing project yeah which is great yeah and but that is good. i just and that, and that is and we talked we've talked a lot about this you and i, I mean and, and it's got that sort of you've done it as, as almost like a square format haven't you it's, which is a yeah kind of, it, it's 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 interesting. Just I hope you never letter it because I just find it really interesting just to watch this robot traveling across the landscape, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, well, I mean I like the it, thing yeah. with that was it was kind of like I don't know what you'd say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, the way it was is that I had a beginning, I knew the beginning, I knew the end, and then in the middle I was just doing it from day to day. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's partly yeah. inspired by listening to you guys talk on the awesome pod about various creative things, and that. and I was like, well, I wonder if there is a thing that you could just freeform a comic yeah i mean i'm 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 sick of people who apply three act and five act structure to their comics and they've read story by robert mckee and they've read they've seen this flipping bobbin headed ted talk about how to write a film script you know some of the best comics i've remember were and i've ever read have been very free form creatively you know that's it and beautifully simple structure that's part of the thing where i think a lot of people fall apart is that they need to overcomplicate it they need to have that hook that big twist yeah, someone's ki- like kicking themselves for not introducing the character they introduced in, you know, scene two, act one, into you know, you know, whatever bloody the the you know story says you should do, and yeah. turns it into a, like a mathematical algorithm as opposed to something that is creative and beautiful, and you know, which is comes from another place for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that double edged sword of do it for yourself and hope other people like it, yeah, because you can go too self indulgent that way. Yeah, but it's. Oh, of course. You can. I mean, yeah, the course. thing with my robot yeah. thing was that I have, I had no intention of releasing it. It's only because a few people liked it that I sort of followed it through with color in it, and then I'll see. Yeah, just do a little low print run if you fancy it, and see how it That's goes. It, and... sort of... Yeah. Plus, then I, one of the things about doing troops is that I'm getting to experience things from all different sides. You get for free anyway. Well, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. But and sort of tabling at other events. Yeah. To sell tales and that getting the experience of and i think it makes you or certainly it helps me think about how i do the cons differently based on attending a con as somebody who's tabling at it yeah and you can sort of incorporate that into and just helps me with planning and making my event the best i can make it yeah whether i succeed or not is down to other people to decide kind of thing but yeah 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 i get you yeah no it's interesting man i was interesting why people take that step over because we all seem to be doing it now don't we there's there's not that many people who are just downright just comic fans and readers and that's what what i always counted myself as for donkey's years you know i, I think a lot of people do it because they think it's easy and it's not yeah yeah which is why you get so many small press issue ones that never go beyond that yeah 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 i think you're right and um 
you need to know about comics to write comics as well. There is, a, uh, there's very few like big creators out there who've who've not been comic fans. Let's face it, you know. That's it, and you don't need to like study books. You don't need to do degrees on it. You just need to read comics. Yeah, and just uh, and think about what you're reading as well. Thinking about how people do stuff, and you know, they definitely and and you can tell people who haven't got that background in comics. And look, I'm not saying you've got to read everything, but you've got to have read something. Yeah. You know, who can you can tell the people who've like. Especially like I get sent a lot of comics for review and stuff, and I, I know that these people haven't, they don't understand its language, as we talked about a minute ago. They don't understand how it should flow, you know, how it should apply itself, you know. Um, well, so it's important knowing why you like it and why you didn't like it. It's not yeah. enough to just, I didn't like that. It's like, well, why? Yeah. It's like, mm, just, it was shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go and do it better. It's like, but yeah, if you yeah. didn't understand why. And it's also understanding, did you not like it because it was bad or did you not like it because it wasn't yeah. what you were looking for from it? Yeah, I'm not into, I don't know, Icelandic romance stories. You know, <laughs> it's, do you know what I mean? There's that, isn't it? But then again, I'm, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, yeah. um, to be fair, I got into it because I, I, I wrote a lot of stories and I, I sort of, it was always this sort of insular hobby to me. I didn't really hang out with people who are into comics for many years, um, certainly through my school years and into my sort of early working years. I didn't. I didn't hang out with anyone who was into comics. So we did, I didn't really know anyone who was into comics. I saw them at conventions, but I was sort of fairly sort of quiet. And um, I was. Um, my life was sectioned off into work and comics. You know, so it didn't, yeah. didn't really socialise with anyone. And, and um, I went to an event with my best friend, my best a guy called Dave. We've been with best friends for four years now, and and we went to a comic thing. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. And he said, "Oh, he, we had a mutual friend called Ed Traquino, who's." Um, he said, oh, Ed draws them. Why don't you give Ed some of your stories to draw? And and me and Ed hit it off. And Ed's a, it's a good pal of mine. People who, who, who might know him, they might know him from, um, he did the cover to the Awesome Comics Anthology issue three, the one That's with right. Sid James. Sid James one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a real talent, Ed, and a lovely, lovely guy. And uh, we we did a we did a three issue. We did a couple of stories for Dog Breath and Zarjaz and stuff like that. And then, and then he sort of took over the sort of art duties on... Um, a series I did called Bingo Bonanza, which is my first sort of small press series of my own, um, which no one will ever see. John Tucker has got <laughs> copies of it, and he has sworn to secrecy. And I gave them to him recently as a present because he did me some art. And I said, and I, there was attached a note that said, "John, we will never talk about this, Tony." You know, it's this sort of thing. <laughs> so we did this, and it's it's, it's very self indulgent, and it, it it approaches my usual hatred of you know the world of celebrities. Um, in quite a sort of violent way. <laughs> <laughs> so, sort of, how long ago was that? That was the late nineties, right? Um, yeah, and I did that, and um, and that lasted, you know, four or five years, and we had real fun doing it. And um, in fact, one of the stories appeared in um, Sliced. The, oh, cool. um, there's a, there's a, um, a an, an anime artist, manga artist, uh, Michiro Michori, I think is her name is, and she she did a story um, for me, and, we, and I'm really proud of it. And it's in the Sliced uh, anthology, the third volume. Cool. Um, but uh, so I did that, and then Ed Ed ended up, God bless him, ended up meeting an American girl in a museum. He's not creepy; he doesn't stalk him. <laughs> so he ended up chatting to the Just love, hanging the around love, museums. Yeah, the love of his life, and and moved to New York. And we every time in New York, we see each other, and he's you know he's, he's still a pal. But and we still do the odd thing together. He did um, a great sort of three D piece of art for the Awesome Comics anthology, uh, Awesome Comics podcast page, where you sort of you spin around and you can see it's in, in relation to Kirby's what have been the Kirby's hundred. Oh, birthday. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, and we keep promising to do something else. And so I, I ended up moving a bit away from that and moving into um, 
sort of reviewing comics and writing prose pieces and stuff because I thought, well, I, I didn't really know how to connect with another artist and no one quite, you know, was quite as good as Ed at the time. So I sort of just wrote and started writing reviews. And then I met a chap, Paul Rose, and we did um we did 350 uh, web strips for a comic called Alag the Barbarian. If you, not many people have heard of it. If you go far enough back on my on Never On Anything, you'll find them. And they are proper lively. <laughs> we we use various metaphors for different things but most of it is pretty much out there um uh so we we did that and um and i was still i was writing for digital spy and beard beard rock was a thing at the time and then i got john approached me to write for down the tubes and i moved over for that and I, and from down the tubes i started chatting to people and started making more comics and um the awesome comics podcast started and i got back into making writing scripts and and getting them published and stuff like that and i haven't really looked back i was just I've sort of regularly got sort of four or five projects on the go at the moment. And, um, and I think I've, you know, published quite a few times this year and, and, ho- and hopefully that'll continue. But that's, so, that's kind of how I fell into it. And it was just because I wrote these stories. I wrote them in notebooks. I didn't type them out. And, and, and then I would have to sort of type them out on floppy disk, you know, it's back in those <laughs> days, you know, um, yeah, that, that, and that's how I fell back into it myself, you know, sort of thing. So, so sort of why comics is the medium you chose to, do your think, stories was it just i think it was the love you of sort it, of knew the people or i think it was just the love of the medium i think yeah. those those many years and what we talked about earlier is the visual my, yeah. my visual imagination thing i've written quite a lot of prose and uh, you know bits and pieces published here and there but i think just there's such a thrill of writing a script and describing stuff that you can see in your mind you know i i write i don't write alan moore level descriptions but i write fairly big descriptions of mood and vibe and stuff like that into my scripts and and i like that people who i like it when people do that so i sort of try and adopt it myself as best i can but the i think i think and then you give it to an artist and then you know a day or a month or a year later it returns back to you and you think that's amazing that's yeah. like just the whole thing has just been visualized that's the most exciting thing for any writer is look at opening you I, I got it from mr hanks just yesterday I opened, he said, oh, I've done another two pages. I'm like, Christ, Mike, you only did two pages. I was waiting. You know, he's done these sort of super detailed layouts. And they're not even thumbnails. They're, they're just, in any other comic, they'd be finished art. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with Andy, they're, they're, they're layouts sort of thing. Yeah, he's always got to go that one step beyond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, um, you only had to do some scribbles on it. It's like, no, 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 I wasn't happy with that. <laughs> and he's visualised it perfectly. And he's he's added flourishes, which are really good. He's added, um, for anyone who read Springworth, there's the scene where... Um, we're talking about superheroes of the past and there's one who um, you, gives toilet rolls to people who are in need and then when they've run out and then, <laughs> then that's Andy's little flourish and it's like brilliant and in this one he's added um, I think there's a banana skin on one of the characters heads and it's just perfection it just it's <laughs> just that visual shortcut to what I was trying to say and he gets yeah. it you know and when you see that art come back it, there's, there's, there's no feeling like it there really isn't you know really really good you must get it when you when you get even when you were editing tales, you know, you're getting stuff back and you're thinking, bloody hell, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, the first thing I did was send it straight over to Andy as well. I was like, it was kind of like being a kid again. It's kind of like, look at this. We just got in. Yeah. 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 And no, that it, sort of thing. And there's nothing more exciting than opening that box when it comes back from the printer and it's full of comics that yeah. you've had a hand in creating in whatever context. Yeah, exactly. And I think you'll probably get other creators say this as well, is there's a purity to comics. There's a, there's no, there's nobody messing with it. There's, it's, if you're a writer artist, it's just you. If it's a writer and artist, it's just the two of you. And there's, uh, you know, and like me and me and 
Mr. Prolix, we still chat every day. And we're, back when we were creating the comics, we would chat every day about it, whether it be about nonsense or be about the pages. Or we'd say, oh, who are we basing this on? I'd say, what about Diana Dawes? And it would be like, you know, it's sort of it, it's such a, a the, the purity of the creation of and the art is, is, is unlike anything else. Unless you're a potter sitting in your room, not talking to anyone, you know, and you're making a pot or you're a painter, you know, standing by a river. There's, yeah. there's nothing like it, but it goes from being something in your mind to being on a page to being for sale in the shops or at conventions. And I don't think, and, and movies are mucked about with TV and TV is mucked about with most things, and video games, most things are mucked about with now and they music certainly, yeah. but this is no, it's just there to there. You can buy it. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah. What's it? I mean, even doing that pinup for you, being a part of that, that was great on yeah. Twitter and that that was great and just messaging backwards and forwards with you and being kind of like I'm kind of thinking of going sort of like a Dave Allen sort of vibe kind of thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and, and you know just you took it in a completely different direction you went from being and it, to me because we we had we're not giving it away but we twist the camera around and we see something yeah. that's un, that's not been revealed in the comic and and I asked you to do the revelation at the end and yeah, um, right. you went you went in a way and it just like put an absolute smile on your face even the way the geezer crosses his legs is exactly now how it should be to me yeah. you know what i mean there's that and the saucy leg sticking out i like that <laughs> you know it's like uh you went you you went for the old school lingerie i know you're a big fan of the old school catalogs do you know what i mean that's well, why you got a big... it's, it's what i was wearing at the time so <laughs> <laughs> that's but... my leg <laughs> <laughs> you've got quite thin thighs i know, I know. that in a match yeah the, uh... <laughs> but do you know what i mean that is um there's something beautiful about that, you know, it really is. And so, and I enjoy that sort of thing. Whatever project I'm on, I always create a little sort of WhatsApp group or it's, yeah. and we had, it's not giving it away because I'm still waiting for, uh, to collect the art off Sarah now. That's, that's the last leg and we're done. Um, and it's not only that I haven't driven to Swindon to collect it yet to get it scanned <laughs> in, but the, um, we're looking to sort of release it next month, but we had what, six or seven creators on that project and everyone yeah, was encouraging everyone was like you know this is really good look at this and we're sharing pages backwards and forwards I said, and... just seeing people's process work coming through yeah. and then yeah yeah ideal wasn't it yeah and brilliant. i mean even just seeing that kind of made me go back and alter things slightly on what i was doing yeah yeah just exactly be, oh i like that that's quite a nice little touch and that'll work nicely here and sort of fit it in you know not ripping it off but just little subtle additions to yeah yeah exactly yeah and um and that's uh I mean that's why comics, man. That's that's why that's why it is such a an amazing medium to me. And it's I'd, if you know it's the old story. If someone said to me, right, you keep you either keep music, movies, comics, or video games, or I go comics every time. I yeah. wish half of me wishes the movies would go away. To be fair, I'm, <laughs> sick, I'm sick of them. You know, after that last Avengers, I'm, I think I think we need to take a breather now. Yeah, I don't think it would hurt. Well, I mean, yeah. it would hurt them with the money, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can get used to a certain lifestyle. But <laughs> yeah, that gold, that the golden, the eggs from the golden goose, whatever it is. So, yeah, they won't be putting a stop to them anytime soon. But I said, there was a beautiful simplicity about comics that's sort of getting a little bit lost in the hype sometimes. I think. Yeah, there is. Yeah, the need is. to always be an event comic kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's the smaller ones, the things like The Walking Dead, even though I've not read it but it's just quietly ticking away in the background kind of thing. And occasionally yeah. it becomes a new story and occasionally it doesn't. Yeah. There's a few that just sit there on their own and are good. I, uh, it's hard to find them these days. I think Punish Marvel's doing Punisher at the moment. It sits on its own. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, this, um, Dynamite's $6 million man. I know they did a crossover with GI Joe for a while, which is a bit tough, but it's just this comic that gets created and I follow the story every month and I like it. And 
I don't have to go to the Barnick Woman every two weeks or, you know, Vampirella every month and, you know, read something else to find out what's going on in it. I think we need to bring it back to basics sometimes. You know? I say IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is lovely. That. It's been a consistent, oh, okay. obviously it's story arcs, but it's been a consistent continuity running throughout it. Right. And okay. you have your break off miniseries and that sort of thing. But yeah. And again, it just sort of quietly ticks away in the background of the noise of the big two kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of... God bless small press and indie, you know, because we kind of like, I don't need to read 400 comics to find out what happens in Vanguard or the Red Master of Mars. I just need to read those comics, you know? Yeah, that's it. Um, and that's maybe that's why a lot of us are heading over there to this sort of small press and indie scene. Maybe that's why it's so um, uh, pe- people find it inviting, you know, because it, it there's no tied up in continuity nonsense going on. You know, I want to read slang pictorial. There's four issues. It's a lovely series to read, and I can read it, and I can say to Nick, come on, Nick, when's issue five out? You know, stuff like that. that, That's how it is. I know, lazy bastard. Yeah, what's up with him? Yeah, and he made 450% on his Kickstarter. I know. It'll be Hollywood soon. He's a Hollywood prolix, I call him now. I'm going to call him that from now on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, that man, that's it, really. That's that's comics for me, and now I'm lucky because I get to work in them, and it's it's a joy, an absolute joy. I've never been... I've been jaded off around certain titles, but I've never been jaded off about the whole John, the whole medium. You know, it's like yeah, it's, it's that's it for me, it's, it's, and it will be. I mean, I'm about I'm about twenty twenty years from the grave, and I've been reading comics for forty five years. So you know, let's keep going. Let's keep going. You know, it's like that. You know, uh, there you go. No, that's like I said. I think it's a wonderfully inclusive community to be a part of. It's a wonderfully inclusive. It certainly is now for it? for such an yeah. insular hobby it's opened the door to such a wider world yeah it has yeah not everyone's cool most people are no, right though but you know what i mean i'd i'd say there's 95 percent uh certainly yeah. in the circles we move in yeah yeah everyone's pretty cool in the circles we move and i, and I get this a lot at the table now for you know for the awesome pod with the boys and i, I do and then do a lot of tabling for no brand now and it's um like people come up and they ask you advice and i freely give it and i chat to people and as long as i can and uh, there's nobody's walked away and said, oh, right, you know, there's, oh, thanks a lot for your time. We had some people at MCM who turned up at, um, I was chatting to at the table and I said, oh, yeah, this is East London. Why don't you come to this? You might. And they turned up at LCAF and they're like, oh, Tony, do you remember me? And I'm like, of course I remember. You know, this is great that you come along to this. And they, you know, they, it's good. You know, I really liked it. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, cheers for that. That's right, man. Thank you. Man. So um, just before we go, okay. uh, where can people find you online and find Nobrow online? Okay, so um, no brow. Uh, I'm going to give a couple of recommendations because I'm a um, a whore like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Go to nobrow.net, um, which is uh, you sadly just missed Elcaf. Elcaf was last weekend as we record, and um, I think I'm still tired. To be fair, <laughs> it was uh, even though the event starts at twelve. We, I was in there for sort of half nine. Um, setting up and stuff we were in the pub at like 10 at night sort of thing but um go to no brown by in waves by aj dungo which is um uh easily one of my favorite books for years aj is a an american creator who i met when i was in i, I had a holiday and went out to a, com- a uh, comic convention in la recently and he lives out there and we met up and we had the best time and he came over for elcaf this year and it's it's a story of it's a tragic story of a guy in it's an autobiographical story in, in most part about him and his girlfriend and how they met while surfing um and they got into surfing and it was like this escape and it's a really beautiful story and i describe it as meditative which it is it's got this sort of real quiet 
sensitive, insightful side to it. But also he he, he also inserts into that the history of surfing, which is like hugely interesting. Who'd have thought? This boy from West London likes listening to podcasts, likes reading comics and listening to the interviews with a guy who just likes surfing. I've never been on a board in my life. I actually tried, at his encouragement, I'd like to say, AJ, I tried to dive into the sea um, around uh, Huntington Beach and it was like a rugby scrum knocked me over and I never thought I'd make it out alive. But so I managed to get out a bit and swim a bit. It was like, the pelicans in your mind you were full hasselhoff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so go to no brown net and buy that or go to no brown net there's a, there's, a, there's a host of books over there but the other one i'd recommend would be kingdom by john mcnaught have i given you or have you bought a copy of this yet i haven't yet no i'm okay i'm one of the i quite like buying things in person so i'm looking forward to being at an event where no bray's tabling okay yeah 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 cool yeah well um what's the next one for you would probably be you got a bam uh, I'm hoping to be able to pop up after I'm working that day at the minute. So, oh well, I'm going to stay over that night. So we, yeah, I'll definitely have some for you. I'll have I'll have one in my pocket, not that it fits in the pocket, but I'll have one for you. But that is the um, probably um, the most beautiful book you'll read for a long time. It is incredible and it's very quiet and it's a story of a, a single mother takes her family to the seaside and uh, it's it's the the quality of the art and the pacing and the the, the sort of silent beauty of it is something you, you will not forget quickly. It's just, it's incredible. It's, a, it's, it's it got released for the, uh, Thought Bubble last year and it sold out there and it, we sold out at the weekend at El Caf and it's cool. incredible. Yeah. So we've gone back to a reprint on it and uh, just, just amazing stuff. Although I have one in my garage that you'll be able to have. Awesome. So that's fine. Um, yeah. So go to no You can find them at, at no press on Twitter um, they also are probably most famously known for the flying eye imprint, which is the kids side of things, which is, um, a lot of great storybooks and kids books, but also the Hilda books, which, um, um, were the source material for the cartoon on Netflix, which is an amazing cartoon and, and, and more amazing comic book, which I absolutely love. And I'm, I'm a 50 year old cynical bastard and I like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Um, so go and do that. The whole crowd there, just, just a joy, just a joy to work with. I've just, I've got a desk there and I go and sit at the desk and just chat to people. I'm sure I annoy them because they put headphones on, but there's uh, <laughs> uh, Sam and Zoe. Um, I deal with sort of daily. There's Ivana and Harry and Ayola and Lily and, and just everyone. There's really, I've really had a, a great time. I mean, they took me out for lunch the other day and with AJ and uh, there was a moment at um, Elcaf where I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the old guy who, you know, runs the stalls for them and, you know, you know, does some sales stuff and, you know, helps out with things. And uh, I sort of set the table up and they, they said, oh, Tony, you can have a break from the table. You, you know, you've worked on this table all week. And so I went upstairs and anyone been to El Caf, there's a, there's a balcony above the, the hall, a bit like um, the original troops venue, actually, where you can go and oh, sit cool. and read comics. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice, quiet little space. And I went and sat yeah. up there and um, AJ come up and AJ was um, pr- kind of fresh off the plane from America. And he sat there and we had a cup of coffee and we sat there and we watched the, watched the, the ants down below us, you know, buying comics. And we had like the best, the best chat. And it was, and that's what comics is about. I just had this really inspiring chat with a creator who's just, I'll tell you what, AJ's going places. So watch out. But um, he's one of these guys who just doesn't talk about himself all the time. He actually, look at me talking about myself. But the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's one of these guys who just doesn't talk about himself all the time. And he just, um, it's just, it's just a really lovely moment. And, it, I, and I will follow that creator now for a long time same as i will with alan moore and you know the people who've sort of created some of the best comics i've read um so yeah so that's that's no brow no brow remains the place to get printed if you're in that sort of side of comics in in the country and it's a real pleasure to work for them outside of that obviously i'm on on a a very blue podcast (laughs) with uh my two pals um to be clear it's not you making it blue 
No, it's the other two. Those they drag you down. They do. <laughs> yeah, we've had you. We've had uh, you've been on a few times. We've had Andy on a few times. Um, and, and, it, and that's another little community that sort of spurs you on to being into comics. I think that you and the lakes and uh, that comic smell and um, us and there's there's there's, there's a few just podcasts that I just the orbital comics and eleven o'clock comics and it's just like this little community of podcasts. So we're all no one is in comp- competition with each other. You know, we just we're all friendly. You know, what I mean, I'm I'm meeting um, Ian and Nicole and, um, for the first time from the lakes. Although we've been on the podcast, I've never actually met yeah. them face to face. I'm meeting them next week. I'm really looking forward to that because I, I really I really enjoy the podcast and I really enjoy um, Nicole's comics as well. And I met Tom from that comic smell and Michael Robertson's coming to London in a couple of weeks. And and we we are really a community um, of of podcasts. And I'm really pleased about that. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's no big egos anymore apart from mine, obviously. But the uh, and and Mr. Hanks, obviously, he's got his you know well rights. you know. Yeah, so you just learn so, to live with that after a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you go to awesomecomics.podbean.com, um, you can listen to the more recent episodes. Um, we've got Andy Barron on this week. Um, Andy's great. Um, uh, he does the Om comics, real sort of psychedelic, crazy, trippy kind of comics, and he's he's just like the nicest guy. Um, if you go to the Awesome Pod on Twitter and the aforementioned comics the awesome comics anthology go to awesomecomicpod.bigcartel.com you can get our um our anthology which is uh i'm quite pleased with i'm proud of it and uh um dan and vince did their own stories they wrote and um uh, daniel mark chant helped sam vince with his uh, and me and nick did at the cockney kung fu which we're, we're proud of and it's is a you know it was real fun doing it and we put our money where our mouths was a bit like you guys with your yeah. anthology you know um so yeah so that's that's it for that and the the awesome talk comics talk page on Facebook as well. Oh, yeah. Awesome, yes, so that's. Good I got you back. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in trouble. Vince will give me give me a kick in. The uh, but yeah, that's that's a little, that's a very sort of friendly environment, and I think um, we've all experienced you know help on there um, from like a little, little advice bit from you know how to how to put a page together or what do you think of this or how am I going to write this Kickstarter pledge or you know who's the best person to print comics you know how much are you paying for yours and. No, it's a great little community. It's sort of 600, 700 members to it now. Which is I, I use it all the time to get filler for the mailer. So. <laughs> oh, you've just done the Superman. Uh, oh, no, the father. Yeah, I was looking for, yeah. looking for sort of parent-child comic recommendations. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I piped in. with it. I think I said Master Kung Fu and Fu Manchu because his father's Fu Manchu. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and then Sarah said this. And then I, th- I think Sarah Harris... Um, shout out to Sarah. I think Sarah had said something about mother-daughter relationships and... Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I said mother box, which made me laugh. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and what about yourself? Where can people find you? Um, do you know the alleyway in Soho? You That's know? the one. Yeah. 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 I'm normally there. Um, just slightly bent over. So my peach stone. The, uh, That's for Trudy. Yeah. Never on anything.blogspot.co.uk is a, a thing that I spout my own self-important nonsense on. Um, or S-O-S-E-Z-O-H yez on twitter um come around and say hi i'll be at, um uh next event is i'm at mac power as a visitor um i'm at glasgow as a visitor on the 30 i think it's the 31st it's on my head it's and in, then yeah and then i'm month, at, isn't it then i'm at bam can you do you know the, the date of bam uh, uh it's july isn't it it's free comic days it's 13 yeah, not free comic day small press day 13th press of july i think, I think. It's the 13th of july in the comedia in um bath which i'm really looking forward to i did did the one in december uh, Vince and a couple of other people, including Rachel Lee Carter and a couple of others, uh, organise it, and it's in like a real, it's a really, really good fun event. Um, I think I'm driving down with Adam Phelps, so we should have a giggle on the way down. So uh, yeah, yeah, come, 13th come of July. Ah, oh, good. 
and you're you're hoping to go down there but i think off the top of my head i'm gonna say i don't know if it's announced yet but i think andy might be tabling Ooh. is that right yeah i don't know maybe I don't know. He's, he's always cagey when I ask him what he's tabling at. I think he's worried I'm going to try and piggyback on. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, like I say, I'm hoping to come down after work. I was going to come to the one at Christmas, but Christmas trying to get into Bath after work. Oh, it was an absolute... be yes. a nightmare So with the Christmas fair on and that. So. Yeah, always always have a really heavy trolley with loads of crates on it and try and drag it through the Christmas market. I find it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, But no, no, it was good. It was, and it's going to be, I think, twice the size this year. I'm really looking forward to it. I think... Um, Russell Olsen's going down. I think the Prolix is going down. As uh, sure. John Tucker's doing it, it's going to be loads of faces who, we, you know, big big friends of ours. They're going to be there, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, be awesome. good. yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Cool. I was, no, I'm sorry that I've um, rabbited on like a bastard again. No, no, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. So, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> do you want to? Do you? Are you going to add your plug now? Do you want to say where? Are you going to? I'll you, chuck all that stuff that on the end. And... Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. Hello, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so uh tony... it seems strange i've seemed like been like the hanks for the day yeah he's gonna start getting a complex he's been replaced oh he'll never be replaced <laughs> <laughs> you can't draw like you can so no he won't that's exactly right yeah i'm completely <laughs> untalented just keep him on side my friend keep him on side <laughs> you can't stand each other really it's just you... i need him for drawing and i don't actually know what he gets out of our relationship <laughs> Right, awesome. Cheers for doing that. Uh, pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, right. And so that was the first episode of Why Comics. Uh, I'd like to thank Tony again for being a part of the episode and helping me launch this. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I certainly enjoyed talking to Tony. And um, yeah, it was nice to just talk comics. Um, the links he mentioned will be in the show notes so you can get a clearer idea from there. Um, so just look in there if you didn't hear of any of them or want to double check any. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please let us know, um, either on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash haunted nerds, or you can drop us an email or via the True Believers or my personal Twitter, which I'll give you all those in a minute, uh, or leave us a review on iTunes, or you can follow us on Podbean, uh, we're haunted nerds on there, I do believe if you search the nerds who haunted themselves, it'll come up, um, the next episode, like I said at the beginning, is hopefully being recorded tonight at the time of this episode going out. So you should hopefully be hearing that within the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, it just leaves me for now to drop you some links. So the True Believers links are our website is www.oktruebelievers.com. Uh, the Twitter is at OKTrueBelievers. And our Facebook is forward slash OKTrueBelievers. Um, you can find me personally if such things appeal on Twitter at Token Nerd uh, and you can find my art page on Facebook at, um, Stuart Thinks He Can Draw if you search that um, I think or it's facebook.com forward slash Stuart Can Draw um, and the nerds you can also find on Facebook which is facebook.com forward slash Haunted Nerds um, we haven't got a Twitter yet uh, we might get to it at some point and you can also find us on podbean um again just search uh, nerds who haunted themselves like i say i think we're podbean.com forward slash haunted nerds um yeah until next time thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it as much enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoyed recording it and uh speak to you soon thanks bye